Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Paula Price Show, where you can experience scripturally organic, culturally unmodified teaching, get answers to your questions, and receive powerful prayer from your host, Dr. Paula Price, author of the Prophet's Dictionary. Tune in now and get ready for an exciting time of encouragement and transformation. Welcome your host, Dr. Paula Price. He's on duty for our desperation duty. He's not just your desperation God. 
and yet you do that. You think about it. Go on your album. Just listen. Many of you go on your favorite song. Your, your favorite song. He brought me out when everybody kicked me out. He paid my rent. He held my kids. He bought my clothes. He got my house. He got my car. He brushed me through. He made me feel good. He helped my sorrows. He my 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 my. That is our gospel. And so all of the other things that just make Christ enjoy us just because he just doesn't have the work. Sometimes I just say, God, you have no duties to say to me unless you want to do them. Think about how much of your praise is tied to your crises. And unfortunately, in many cases, those crises are of your own doing. I messed up, but he picked me up. I fell down and he lifted me up. Come on, guys. It's grow-up time. There is a lot more to enjoying Jesus Christ than that. But here's the thing. Here's the thing you don't realize. If that is your praise, that will always be your praise because your praise is bearing fruit of its own kind. Every time you think about God is when you're in a crisis, and you'll always be in a crisis because that's always going to see to it that you think about God. When you begin to worship God for who he is, and you begin to love on him because he's just God, when you get ready to say, you know what, uh, uh, like, like Job, though he slay me, yet I'll trust him, and then begin to defend God. You can't even defend God if God doesn't pay your rent. See, I knew he wasn't really God. I knew it wasn't really all that. You can't defend God if he doesn't heal your body. Yeah, but if he was God, he would do this. If you don't get the right man. First of all, you're asking to give you the wrong guy. And then you get upset because he won't change the guy into the right guy that you think he should have gotten, you should have gotten, but you couldn't wait for. But I want to tell you something about negative praise and crisis-driven praise will keep you in crisis. I want you to write that down because you don't realize why we can't come out as a people. Because our, our testimony to Jesus Christ is he helps me when I'm in trouble. He picks me up when I'm gone. He helps me slide back. He brings me back. He forgives me when I mess up. Yeah, everybody has that testimony because earth is just not the utopia we wish it was. Earth is not God's paradise. It's God's place of process. But you need to recognize that the reason your life doesn't change is because your testimony doesn't change. Your testimony is always celebrating God for your, his rescue, not his redemption, not reverence, just rescue. You have that rescue brand, the hem of his garment. You, you still haven't moved off the hem. You're still crawling on your face, yanking on the hem of his garment. I listen to our songs. I don't even listen to a lot of them simply because I get tired of the negativity. They're just very depressing to me. Now, that's just me, you know, and I've had a pretty rough life. But, you know, you, if you say Jesus is Lord, he's Lord because of what he did for you. So when you leave the planet, is he still Lord? And before you came to the planet, was he Lord? And is Jesus just the crisis Christ, the Messiah of your crisis, your circumstances? He can't be God just because he's wonderful. He can't be God just because he loves you unconditionally. And do we always have to exploit that unconditional love? We always have to hold him hostage to it. Well, you love me unconditionally, so I'm going to do this because you love me, so you just have to do it. I'm going to do this because you are my, my love, and so you're a good God, and so I'm going to do this. It's maturity time. What time is it in God today, folks? It's grow-up time. 
it's time for us to start pursuing that, the full stature and measure of Jesus Christ as the Son of God, as an offspring of the Godhead. It's time for us to press into that. It's time for us to understand we're big enough to minimize those crises. So many of the crises that we are celebrating and holding God hostage to, we're all of our own making. And if we made it, he's saying, God's waiting to see if well, you made it, fix it, because I had to fix mine. When God made whatever, he made Adam, he said, ooh, that turned out pretty. Ooh, man. What did he say? I, boy, I'm, I'm sorry I did this. Cause boy, he didn't say he was sorry he did it because he didn't want man on the earth or because he thought it was a bad decision. He was just sorry that it was going. we were going to be bound to each other, he to us and us to him, in constant strife and calamity and chaos. But God was confident that he can bring it, bring it together. He can pull it all off. Some of these crises, you know, I don't understand why he won't answer me. You didn't ask him. He's like, you didn't ask me, so I figured you had it together. I mean, he knows you didn't, but you thought so, so that's the way we went. Some of you all, you want God to become the heavy. You know you ought to get out of that relationship. You know it. Every night you vow to get out of it, and every morning you back in it again. And then every morning you're vowed to get out of it in one hot night, and you back again. And so God is like, but in the end, it's your doing. You don't realize how much the cross liberated humanity to act of its own initiative. Ideally, those initiatives would not be in conflict with God or in, 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 uh, independent of him. God didn't expect you to be individualized, but he did want you to be, be independent within his gifts and calling. And so we, God has an enormous latitude. That's why you can do so many things every day that he doesn't get involved with. I tell him all the time, you know, Jesus, you're a pretty laid-back leader. I mean, God is more involved through the pulpit sermons and the words we hear than he is actually involved in our everyday lives. God trusts his handiwork. He trusts his Holy Spirit in you. He really does trust that. So if you decide, I want to do this, well, I'm just going to move, or I'm just going to go out, or I'm, I'm just going to spend my rent money, and God's going to have to replace it. Forget that. God's not going to replace your rent money. You better start packing. But he did it once. He did it once when you were a young baby. But when you started making that the custom and the norm, you, you, you blow it and he replaced it. Then you changed everything for him because you start running the ground of God's holiness and his righteousness and his integrity. And God said, I'm not going to be used with him. You're not going to use him like that. And so he won't do it. So you can do, continue doing that. Half of those deaths, well, I'm just going to buy it and let the Lord pay for it. But the Lord is like, I'm going to let you buy it and I'm going to see how you're going to compel me to pay for it. It's grow-up time. It's grow-up time. This man paid a, a mighty price to give us the ability to make good decisions and act on them. And it's grow-up time. So if you're going to spend your rent money, do so with some boxes in your closet because God's not going to rescue recklessness. He will rescue you when your recklessness is tied to naivety and even immaturity and sometimes compulsion. But he's not going to rescue you for recklessness. So if you decide you don't want to pay your rent, you don't want to pay your credit card bill, you, want to do, you decide you don't want to do that unless God told you. And there are times that he does. I mean, there are times that God will flat out say, yeah, do this because I have you covered. 
but he will only do it when it's tied to death. When it's tied to a destiny operation or destiny advancement, then he will tell you. He'll have you do all kinds of things because he's already staged the solutions. Because even those acts that he requires of you are instrumental to getting you to fulfill the purpose for which he gave you life or saved your soul. But you've got to know that. And making those decisions independently, just making them passionately, emotionally, and impulsively, those are, that's not how it works. You cannot provoke God's destiny, and you can't provoke him into poor ethics and poor integrity. He's not going to do it. He'll tell you, I love you dearly, and I'll be with you, but you're going to go through. And he has to go through with you because he said, I'll never leave you or forsake you. But understand, God being with you doesn't always mean that God's going to give you the upper hand in an unethical matter. It just means he's going to be there to help you find your way back, to help you discover the foolishness of what you've done. Is this talking to you all today? Because you have to recognize that you've heard a lot of crazy doctrine and a lot of crazy words that just don't make sense. And some of you are, yay, God, in debt following a, a, a formula that works for someone else's destiny fulfillment and not your personal pleasures. You have to know. Like, if God tells you, I'm, I want you to sow into this and all you have, you better know that he's already done what he's going to do. That harvest didn't come just because you sowed. It came in that season because you sowed when he said you know, and so when Israel, when, when the whole Kadesh Barnea thing, the victory was there for them, but they didn't go that day. They went the next day, and the staging was gone. God set up a lot of things. When he tells you to do really spectacular things, abnormal things, phenomenal things, it's because the blessing far exceeds that, and the blessing, the harvest, will uh, recoup or recover uh, and also remedy the risk he's making you take. And if, the, if God doesn't have a remedy for the risk, you can rest assured that it isn't God telling you to do it. See, there's a wisdom that we need. Some of us need to understand that God is a God of wisdom. And everything that he's doing is to work at, along with Psalm 139. If it's, on, if it's in God's mind that in five years you're going to be in your own home or in four years you're going to own your own business, then God has already put that in place. He's already assigned angels. He's also assigned devils because he's got to make sure that you're in it to win it and to stay and that you will give him his glory when you get there. So he's also assigned all of the characters in that particular destiny drama. And so the journey, et cetera, and if you notice there's seasons, it's like life will go on. Ash, I bet you paid attention to it. We talked about this. You know, you'll go on, life being mundane, just every day, get up, go to work, go to church, do your job, you know, go to movies, raise your kids. Every day you'll just have this mundane, quote, unquote, humdrum. Because those, are, that's the normal existence. Yes. And then all of a sudden God will grip you, catch you up in a season of anomaly and phenomena. And then, at, and, and, and what happens is it's so spectacular, and he, and he does all of these new things. You have new people. He changes things. And everything seems to happen effortlessly because he's doing it, because it's, you're hitting the sovereign stride of your purpose. 
There is a sovereign stride where God puts you in the stride of the Almighty. It's like Jesus just picks you up and carries you through, and he breaks through everything and, and sets up everything. It's almost like he working, he's working for you. It appears that way. It appears like he's working for you. But he's working for himself because he's watching over his own words to make sure that it does not fail. He's making sure that you're at the right place when he needs you to be to fulfill the reason that you were on the planet or to progress you to another stage in that fulfillment. So he, he, he'll do it, and you'll have, you can have it for six months. Sometimes it's three months. Sometimes it's six months. Sometimes it's 10 years. You can have 20 years of toil and, I mean, droning, and oh, my goodness. And then you have this 10-year window of time where all the earth seems to be at your beck and call, destiny time. And so you, and what will happen is you get so comfortable with that grace, that unmerited favor, that ridiculous favor, because there are times that God will bully in society, he'll bully institutions, he'll push leaders around, he'll do everything to make sure that what he has for you on your page for that day or, that, or for that chapter of your life happens. And so what, what, what happens is actually that you, they become, you, you become addicted to it, it becomes a habit, mm-hmm. because he, everything has, in, in his strategy, in his preparations, and, and in his um, blueprints, he's accommodated uh, and compensated for everything. You know, the people who like you, the people who don't like you, the folks who agree, the folks who disagree, the people who will do what he wants, the people who won't. And he will, he, I'm telling you, he'll move society. Like he did for Jesus, that census, he moved society for his son to be born in Bethlehem, according to the word of the prophet. He moved society to make him, him put him on the cross at the right time. Jesus so knew that, that timing was essential for his purpose and his destiny, he said it won't do for a prophet to be killed outside of Jerusalem. He knew, he said, my time is coming and my time is now. And so he understood that he never let anything deter him from the timing of God. And I'm telling you, when you allow God to, to set your life clock and to set your compass, earthly existence, and to mark your calendar, you will have amazing things turn out the way you want. And they'll be. You think about uh, uh, Moses, there'll be time, there will be time that you feel like God has forgotten me. Surely he has forgotten. God's forgotten his word and forgotten you. He can't remember either one of you. Are you praying to him here? He, you want to write your address. God, hold out your hand. There's some address on here because you don't know because it's been so long. And th- as soon as you feel like you can wait no longer, You're about to pass out. You're about to give up, give in, sell out, buy out, whatever. Then you you hit that clock, and God pushes that button. And the next thing you know, you're caught up in all of the systems and provisions and providences that he prepared for you to hit that place in in his destiny, in his promises at that time. It's exciting to watch. And sometimes people don't tell us, why are you saying this today? Because there are going to be times that you're going to want to go back and listen to this. 
and listen and say, okay, so where am I? What am I doing? God, why is this happening? You know, some of you have been waiting so long. You're, you're shaking your fist at God. You're yelling. You're walking your floor. You're, you're threatening him. I'm leaving. I'm never coming back. I'm walking. Okay, well, stop me any time now, Lord, but I'm walking out. And um, because in your mind, he's God. He ought to be able to do it because of your pain. He ought to be able to do it because of your frustration. He ought to do it just because you are his child. He ought to do it right now because he sees you're in trouble. Can he understand your needs? And see, what you don't realize is that all of that is in a package. Deliverance comes as a package. And deliverance comes with deliverables. And deliverables sometimes are based on deliverance. In other words, God needs to get some things in your spirit and some things out of your spirit into your soul and from your soul into your heart and then from your heart into your mind so that your mind can command your body to do what it takes for the inheritance or the breakthrough or the provisions. For example, if God keeps paying your rent because you blow the money, then you're going to think that responsibility is foolish and you will constantly live outside his system just like you live outside the systems of, of humanity, you know. And so he will stop doing it just for you to change your habits. Well, habits don't change easily. So he's going to tell you, I need you to stop doing that. I need you to stop, and you won't listen. So you'll sleep in your car for a bit. That wasn't God. That was you. you that was, because God is saying, what I have for that behavior and conduct has not yet entered your life. And so you have in your mind that if you, um, if I just keep doing this and then I'll just start praying and then you'll start running around trying to coerce and you'll go to all of these meetings and you'll do all of these nutsy things because you think that you have God in control and you don't. And I'll tell you something, like any other massive organization, it doesn't move quickly. Your life didn't catch God by surprise. It, it shocks you. It glorifies him. Your life shocks you. God's getting glory out of every step of the way because he's watching something that he planned and ordained and appointed and structured and staffed long before the foundation of the world. You know, people often say, I, I hear God for myself. I can tell you right now, looking at the state of the body of Christ, the hearing hasn't been all that great. Far too many Christians are in trouble, falling off the wayside, serving devils and Christ at the same time, fusing their Christianity. They're, they're, not only are they in debt, they're in crisis. Way too many find their bodies uh, suffering. You know, you have illness and sickness in your body, etc. And so... I'm thinking that hearing God for yourself hasn't been all that great. You obviously need a little bit more. You need a little more guidance, some more training, maybe a little more directions. And, and I think a lot more of God's rationale. God has, a, he has more than a philosophy. He has a rationale. There is a logic to what he's doing, and it's logical to him. And without God logic, you will never hear God correctly all the time. You will prophesy in part. You will hear in part. What's the other part, logic? What's the other part, wisdom? The other part, you know, because nobody ever tells you what the other parts are. You'll get the revelation and not the education. You'll get the declaration, and you won't get the operation. See, so we prophesy in part, and, and, and the more 
that you move into that office, the more you get the other parts. See, because those parts are real. And God gives you just the part he needs you to do for, when he first starts with faith. And he'll go on down the line until you get to the product. And so as you go out and you do all of these crazy things because, well, I had a dream and I had it in my heart and all of that, all of those are fine, but you still need corroborators. You need affirmers. You need two things with God to get what you want. You need corroboration that it is God's will and that he's backing you, and you need cooperation to work with the folks that he has, which is part of what I cover in my classes that I am recording for you all called... Opening your prayer portal. Yes. I got a name. You got a name. Yeah, you, you know, but you. <laughs> I told you, you to come back queen, Ashley. <laughs> You're going to come back. If there's a comeback, you are going to do it. But you have, we've, I've been talking about that because when you get, like prayer with everything else, when you get started in God and you step out on the Lord, you step out as a baby. God, you know, when you're a baby, you I mean, you yell, your parents come, you're hungry. They, they, you may have to stay hungry because you can't speak, so they're feeding you constantly. You have your own schedule. You're getting changed into all of those kinds of things. You get the uh, entertainment. They play with you and indulge you, and then all of that is part of the training to get you going. You know, all that baby stuff we do is not to keep our kids babies. It's, it's part of the training and development they need to bring their systems online, to bring their talents, awaken their understanding, to make those connections in their intelligence. All of that is part of it. It's not just, isn't he cute, giggle, giggle, giggle. No, uh-uh. It's, it's part of getting that child to move into, let's say, in the beginning, to move out of infancy and then to move out of babyhood and then moving into childhood and on we go. So they have a purpose. Well, God's very much like that. God is going to, in the beginning, I'm trying to, he already has his whole forces. Oh, we have a new baby. Yay. Okay, let's feed him. Feed him regularly. Okay, let's give him some water. Good. This is good. Water is the word. We're going to feed him some milk. Milk is the food. Water is the word. We're going to give him some milk and water. Okay, let's change him. Oh, they made a mess. Let's just clean up behind them. And that's what he does. Oh, they're having me. They're, they're reaching for the rattle. Here's your rattle. They're reaching for the bottle. Here's your bottle. They're reaching for your necklace. No, no, no. Don't tear mommy's necklace. You know, they're reaching. But for the most part, everything you reach for, you get as an infant. And so your prayer life is like that when you first get saved. It's just reaching. And it's reaching for all of the things that don't matter, that don't affect life, but definitely comfort you, affirm you, and reassure you that you are important in the family. Now, as you move on, you know, now you're like, are you getting up to a year old or two years old, and we're like tired of carrying you, and we're tired of cleaning that poop that no longer smells infant-like. You know, I look at people to say, well, I just, he can just wait, take his time and do it. That's really cute that you want to do that. That's nice. I didn't, and mine didn't, because I didn't have that kind of grace. I, I did not. I didn't have that kind of grace. I just didn't. And so I found ways to, to, to get my children trained, potty trained early, walking fairly early. Well, you know, that could mess with their development. What? They're not monkeys. See, half of that stuff that they've been telling you about is how monkeys do it. My kids weren't monkeys. They came from Jesus Christ. So I didn't use monkey training to develop them. You know, you leave your the monkeys, leave their kids alone. And they, even then, they, wow, watch some of them. They slap those kids around pretty good. You know? <laughs> they slap those kids around pretty good. I mean, we're going to be, you know, we have to pick and choose. And so, um, but, so they parent pretty strongly. But I didn't. 
and I developed my kids, but I also let them know that they were passing through all of these stages to get to a that place in life where they would spend most of their time, which is adulthood. You realize the largest amount of time in your existence on earth is as an adult, not a child. That's why people are like, well, you know, childhood is so young and it's so short, so we want them to enjoy it. I wanted mine to enjoy theirs too, but I also wanted to make sure that enjoyment didn't stop when they became adults, but that that enjoyment matured with them and that it equipped, that, that enjoyment had a developmental component that strengthened their ability to, to maintain control or have some mastery over life. Most of you don't. Your kids come in from school. They watch television from the time they come in to the time they go to bed or get up and get a snack. You make them eat in front of the TV, and then if if that's not it, they're on the computer. Why? Because you're letting everybody develop and nurture your child but you. Now, I I know there are a lot of parents who don't come in, put their phone in your drawer, and you will pick it up later on. You can make one or two calls tonight, and that's how we're doing it. We're going to do family life. But you have to stop letting the the, um, social media and society determine your family life because God won't do it. That's why when you get to a certain point, all of a sudden he stops answering prayers quickly like that baby. That baby got that milk right away, and then when he got to be two, he had to wait for you to get up, go to the kitchen, et cetera, go get the very different. And then, no, you cannot have two bottles of milk. I need you to eat some food. I need you to grow. I need you to get strong. So as your, your prayer life should have grown up. I remember, Ashley, you will love this. I'm sure you will. I'm sure will our uh, audience, you will love this. I remember a preacher saying that um, when you get the baptism of the Holy Ghost, your tongue should stay the same. If they don't grow, that's all right. And, and they teach that. That's why you have people been saved 47 years still going. And I'm looking, I'm like, huh? Now, you, you try to learn five languages in English, and you don't want to develop your tongue. And then they'll stand up in their priest. Yeah, I mean, see, all of those words and tongues and, and, and all of that, like they say, oh, yes, because to them it's, you need to stay in baby land in Jesus. Everything about what we hear, and, and I won't say everything, much of what we hear about Christ leaves you in baby land. It's okay if you just go, ta, 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 ta. the Lord knows. Yeah, he knows he's listening to a child. Now, if we had a natural child that didn't grow like that, we'd say they had some problems. Yeah. We'd want to take him to some specialists, okay, some yeah. therapists, and all of that. We need some training because he can't go past mama, dad, dad, mama, dad, dad, mama, dad, 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 mama. Wah, wah. Now, you want your natural child to articulate, and you want that language to grow. And yet, you don't want your spiritual language to grow. You want to still talk to God after 35 years. Why? Because you don't think he's real. And that's why it doesn't matter, because the only things that matter in our life are what we think is real. And what we think is real earns our effort, earns our respect, earns our competence and capability. And so so when I start talking in tongues, I mean, I I don't even pray with a lot of people because of that, but I go there. And I found out no matter how high I went, God had another level. And I and I went, he had another level. And I had a, another level. And I kept thinking, wow, so other levels are not just for devil. That's novel. I know. Because all you think, other levels are for devil. Don't we say. It's the truth. Don't we say. 
I was like, so I was surprised that every time I went to another level, I got another dimension of Jesus Christ. And he said, Paula, I am sovereign. I am the Almighty. So, yeah, I don't, I, I don't start y'all at just this level. I start y'all at the beginning, and then we move up. And if you do well with that, he said, I told you, with the same measure you meted out, it's going to be measured back to you. He wrote that. He said, so if you do a little, you get back a little. You do a lot, you get back a lot. Everything in Scripture says God is responsive and reciprocal. Everything. And Scripture says he's responsive and he's reciprocal. So you're like, I'm trying to pray. I've been praying for, for, for six weeks. Well, you're still saying the same word. You're still saying the same thing. I used to wonder about tongues. I used to say, well, God, I mean, I was good at it. I love it. You know, but then I'm going to write it. Look at that. that. It does translate. Okay? It carries over. And so I said, wow, God, this is really great. And so I started looking at it, and the passage that he gave me blew my mind. I will never forget. And we read it, and we read it, and we don't listen to it. I like to read every phrase in God word by word, exploring, emphasizing each word so I can get the nuances that he has to show. I'm reading it. Paul said, do I speak with tongues of men and of angels? And I go on. God said, go back. I said, God, I know that. Everybody preaches it. No, no. I want you to go back, and this time I want you to not focus on, though I speak, the tongues of men. He said, I want you to focus on and angels. Paul knew that there was an angelic dimension to spiritual communication that broke beyond everything, that moved into that mature realm of God. Y'all hearing me? Shed a bow. And it moves into it. And, and you listen to so many people who couldn't get it. Not everybody has a spirit. You know, not everybody's a writer. Not everybody's an orator. Not everybody is all that articulate, eloquent in what they say. Not everyone. But you know what? Those of us who are, we should go there and get what get the reward of having God. Get the reward. I have. I mean, I look at people. That, okay, well, I have to play. I gotta play some music. I gotta play like five hymns, and then I have to walk around and I have to lift up my hands. So I would get so frustrated with God because I'd go pray and immediately I'm there, and I'm like, God, but everybody said. I'm supposed to have to need some music and need some hymns and get some praise, warm up the atmosphere. God said, do you need to do that with everybody else you talk to? Well, no, Lord, I don't, because he said, you don't need to do that with me. He said, when it's praise, you praise, and praise time. But every time you come to me, and this does not have to be a regular routine. You know, God does get bored. And so, <laughs> you know, <laughs> he does. He gets bored. He likes it. I mean, he likes his routine, but can you? Okay. And so, I, I, so I would go there, and so then I'd go and get ready to pray with the prayer group. I long since stopped praying with prayer groups because I was like, oh, God. Man, I was so glad I got my near apostles and some praying people. Baby, we get in it, and I mean, we hit it. Shoot, nobody's yeah. dancing around the world and trying to figure out how to do it, trying to kick up a little something. We just sit there and go at it. Yeah. And so, I, I, especially my, my charter members, you know, me and Apostle know that woman, we can hit it, and I mean, tear it up and like that. So I'm excited now that I finally have them. But for years, I was just me, and I had to pray alone because either I was gone or either I would be gone and they would hang on my spirit and my spirit would hurt so badly, I had to cut them loose. Okay, so God, this is going to be with us. 
But why? Because I expected to grow in God. I expected to mature. And I expected that not with, not only would my sermons mature or my worship mature, I expected every aspect of my being in Jesus Christ to grow up, to mature, and to become more like him every day. I expected it, and eventually I moved from expecting it to demanding it. And I demand myself not to say a baby and not to say childish and infantile in Jesus Christ. I demand it. I, uh, uh, you're not doing this. My mind, my heart, it doesn't matter. I just, I'm not doing it. And so I say that to you to say when I sat down to write opening your prayer portal, we, I just finished the second part of it, the next session, series of classes. I think it's about three, I guess, actually. I don't know. But anyway, I don't know what it is. I just give it to her and say, girl, make it happen. And she just does all her wonders. But in that, we, I talk about some very potent prayer principles and truths and some pragmatism. God's a pragmatic God. He's practical. He's not just spiritual. God is practical. And so he has a way of doing things. I talk about God's systems and his networks, and, and that's what the whole thing is, understanding that, because when you work with God, God responds. He, because he's, he likes it. He's collaborative. He's cooperative. He wants to cooperate with you, but within the context, not only of just his law, you know, we are so wrapped up in just being morally right with God. We don't, and ethically correct, we don't think about being technically right. Mm-hmm. But there is a technique. Technique is in the Bible. I know we didn't know it, but technique's there. It's in the Bible. And a whole lot of other terms and phrases that we have heard shrunken down by people who felt like it doesn't take all of that. I'm like, well, if you got it all from your daddy because you inherited it from your dad, your mom, or something like that, hit the lottery, that's fine. But the rest of us didn't get it like that. To make sure you understand the whole story of people's testimony. Because, see, they'll sit there and say, you know, I went to sleep and woke up the next morning, got a check in the mail for $2 million, and I'm telling you, it was just what I prayed for. Not that my uncle died. And let there's a state in my hand. See, because, see, that'll take the phenomena out of it. You know it's true. Yeah. And so I just say to you, I ask questions now. So how did that happen? So where did it come from? <laughs> Amen. But where did it come from? It came from some natural chain of events, some natural sequence. Stop listening to people's testimony as if there wasn't a sequence. Well, you know, there was a guy that I worked with and I, when I was in college, and oh, I'm telling you, I haven't seen him in 30 years. I met him. He has a business. I have a business. He does this. He does that. His daughter does so-and-so, and my, my son does so-and-so, and so we just, we just decided to pull our resources. No, you don't get that story. You get, I woke up, and God blessed me by giving me this, or God blessed me by giving me that. You don't get the full story. Start asking for the full story because it's not that quick. Or, you know, or either I got this thing because, well, my credit is great. Because God has got to use human mechanisms to materialize his divine word and provision. God has got to use human mechanisms to materialize his divine materials and provision. If it's going to be used by the flesh, at some point, it's got to turn into the flesh. I had to do it on that. Oh, no. Missed the digit? You missed the digit. I mean, stop leaning on it. 
just made. I just made a powerful statement. I'm not going to talk because I got a couple of guests today to celebrate, and I don't want to want to miss them. But I, I, a powerful statement. Everything spiritual, if it's going to be appropriated and used by human, it's got to turn into flesh. And it's that window. Oh, I'm so excited. That window. That window between when it stops being being spiritual, and when it becomes flesh, that the testimony happens, and that's what you need to figure out. And that window requires three things, purpose, prayer, and prophecy. Because it's that window. That's why we have so many errant prophecies. That's why you have so many words that don't come to pass, because you have prophets not tackling that window. You have prophecies that ignore that window. Oh, we're going to talk about that a little bit more tonight, but I wanted you to get that. Because you have to understand why these prophecies are failing. Why are these words failing? Why are these testimonies not aligning with reality? Why they don't line up with, 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 with a real life or, or humanity or, or the physical world? You have to know that. And until you start, see, that's why they want these quick classes, because until you start recognizing and holding people's feet to the fire, if you go back a few weeks, actually, you remember, I talked about Balaam. Yes, mercenary prophet. Mercenary prophet, but he was a prophet, and what did it say about him? Whom you bless is blessed, whom you curse is cursed, whom you say gonna win will succeed, who you say will fail will fail. Why? They had a, they understood that, hey, shit, they both. Come on, somebody. Okay, there's a hit. <laughs> you want me to. <laughs> and so we're, I need you to recognize that's why I wrote this book, Opening Your Prayer Portal, because there are terms and conditions, uh, and it deals with that window, that window. And I want you to understand how to work with God. It's a shame that the world knows how to do it better than we do. You realize how much we didn't believe Scripture when you look at the fact that they talked about there'll come a time that the whole earth will see these prophets sleeping in the street, laying in the street dead at the same time. We thought it was just all spiritual. But you know what? The world didn't take it like that. They took it. They worked in that window and gave us this. See, because they believed the word. Now, they may not have reverenced this God, but they believed the word. Oh, that was good. All right. Let's go. Let's get some feedback. Okay, first we have two <laughs> special guests on the line. One is a blast from the, your foundational past as far as the season that I met you in for many years after that from Port St. Lucie, Florida. No! Also Rick Kent, oh, my gosh! <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm telling you, I was going to call him. <laughs> <laughs> Um, can you hear me? Yes, can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you, Apostle. How you doing? I am wonderful and more I'm more wonderful now that I'm hearing <laughs> your voice. I've been thinking about you. How are you doing? What's up? Doing great and happy fourth anniversary of the Paula Price Show. <laughs> it's exciting. Thank you. It is so exciting. And I have to tell you, four years means a lot to me since I was I didn't think we'd go four months. <laughs> Well, you know, uh, but the Paula Price show is is much more than four years in various forms. It's been going on a long time. It really has. And, you know, you would know because you're the, like she said, we go back a long way. Oh, my gosh. 
Well, we, we're uh, just still doing what we've been doing, but just seems like it's increased in um, networking and speaking and uh, mentoring and pretty much stirring up as much dust as we can. This is exciting. So listen, do me a favor, quickly tell them what you do, and then afterwards I would like to have you speak into the uh, teaching that I just did. Okay. Um, well, we have our network, the Global Embassy Network, uh, com, and that's where we resource leadership uh, from ministers to marketplace from all over the world and um, and bring resources together and relationships so that we can be more effective to bring the kingdom of God. And, and then I, I do a lot of traveling and speaking. Um, I guess it's really become more prophetic. Uh, and uh, so... We just let God move us the way he wants us, but, but also in an apostolic uh, sense of, 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 the, of, you know, of, of the office. But, but then also what really floats my boat, and I think, you know, you know this because you're one, is the mentoring. I, I just love um, investing into emerging leaders and helping them to discover the treasure that's on the inside of them and help them to know how to effectively use it. Um, I, I tell people I believe that God's made me an archaeologist. <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> to bring the treasure out of people that they didn't know they had. Oh my gosh! And you do it so well, so very. Amen. Well. And and I follow you, man. I keep I keep up with you, uh, Doctor Price. Uh, you, you're never out of sight or out of mind because I I find you. <laughs> I know, and I love it, and you do. I'm telling you, you do, and I do. I'm, I'm telling you, I, you were on my heart, and so was your region just a few days ago. And I said, I have to find out how to connect with him. So I imagine I must have picked up in the spirit that they were reaching out to <laughs> So right. talk to me a little bit about what you thought about what we I just got through discussing here um, in terms of prayer and opening the prayer portal and all of that. Well, I, uh, I, what came back to mind is uh, a teaching that you did uh, really many years ago, and that was on um, moving past the fantasy Jesus. <laughs> I remember that. Yeah, and that, you know, he's not Santa Claus, he's, but many people have made him such a fantasy um, to become whatever their little religious uh, ideas might be that um, that really churches in many cases, not all, but have become uh, Toys R Us outlets. <laughs> and so, you know, <laughs> so it's time, like you said, to grow up and, and, and not be afraid to grow up because I believe that there's so much more to discover about who God is in us and innovative ideas and um, but it's got to come through character and integrity and, and understanding, just like you said today, it's not all about us. It's about who's affected through us. Oh, my. Oh, my. And, and can we deliver God's products to them in the right way? That's it. Yeah. You know? Wow, this is powerful. Well, you know, we are not losing touch again because I have something to share with you, so I'm excited Amen. about hearing from you. I know this is God, but I want to thank you for, for 
just calling in today. And, and if you have a greeting or a word for our listeners, please share it. Thank you so much, uh, Dr. Price, and love you so much, and and your all the um, all the peeps there in Tulsa. Ah, the peeps. Listen, we'll talk again soon. God bless. You too. God bless. Bye-bye. Ooh, now that was a surprise. I like that. Yeah, well, you needed to make that a surprise. Cause that, was, that made it all the more fun, you yeah. know. But then I have someone else you told me, right? Coast to coast. Coast to coast. From the Florida coast to the Pacific West coast. Oh, yeah, we're on a coastal move today. <laughs> yeah. We have connected with Apostle Stephen Holt, ah. one of our near chairmen. Yes. And he is a councilman, and he is on the line as well. Well, how well, good are morning. you? Are you I am fantastic, and I appreciate being online. Congratulations on four years. Um, I'm glad to be able to get in. Didn't get in last week, so congratulations, congratulations, congratulations. Oh, thank you. I am glad to hear your voice today. What's going on on the Pacific West Coast, and what would you like to talk about today to our listeners? Well, I'll say three things real quickly. The first one I will say is how dare you tell us to grow up. I know it, right? Irby, aren't I? Has something to do with that 65th birthday. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and I agree with you 100%. There is very little music that I listen to because there is very few songs that are kingdom songs and that are Mm -hmm. king-centered songs. The majority of our songs are slavery and deliverance songs. We're still begging and still in bondage, and I just can't do it. He says we're still begging and still in bondage. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, it vexes everything in me. I just can't. I can't take it. So I appreciate that. I appreciate uh, the specific direction and instruction around maturity that is so necessary to be uh, articulated and communicated. So thank you for your courage in doing that. I appreciate it. I want to say this uh, prophetically to those who are listening, that uh, what we are being instructed in isn't merely for this moment. It is for our destiny and future. And what I mean by that, and I want to be very clear, and I want to use churchiology or, or church semantics. What I mean for that by that is it is the technological specific strategies to uh, uh, implement or to connect into our lives that will help us know how to navigate what's in front. So many times we think about destiny and we look at it kind of in this uh, uh, non-specific kind of uh, almost ethereal, God's just going to do it kind of thing. But God gives us instruction. God gives us guidance. God gives us tools and techniques to use and implement in order to agree with him so that destiny comes to pass. And that's what we get through your instruction. So thank you for being courageous and committed to that. I thank you, too. So what do you want to tell us about your neck of the woods? Because they need to know a little bit about you. Well, um, I am an apostle to government and to money, so power and finance. Um, And I also uh, lead a church here, Kingdom Nation Church, in the Portland metro area. I'm involved with the city dealing with affordable housing issues. I chair an oversight committee uh, in the city of Portland that is the most gentrified and displaced city in the nation. Um, There have been 15,000 families that have been relocated out of the 
inner city area of Portland in the last 10 years. And we're doing some things that haven't been done anywhere in the nation. We've established a pathway or preference policy that assists uh, families that have been gentrified with a way to move back into uh, the historic neighborhoods with money from the government to do so. And I oversee that process. I'm also chairing uh, an advisory council that is engaged with helping with policies and, and preferences to uh, help families, again, families of color and people who've been impacted with opportunities for workforce development, economic opportunity, uh, micro enterprise, business growth, and so forth, and then uh, pastoring Kingdom Nation Church. And so uh, very involved, busy guy, and then uh, my own consulting business that deals with diversity, equity, and inclusion. So uh, those are bits and pieces of what makes me me. Most importantly, married, three kids, and uh, grandbabies galore, whom I love dearly. Y'all keep having them. And let us not forget, he still is a member of NEAR um, and uh, one of our NEAR council members, because that's important. He's made great contributions and strides there. We know he doesn't sleep. We know he barely eats. <laughs> And we understand that he goes and he gets on this little ship to go to heaven every night to come back to do it all over again. Hey, I need you to help me with that sleep thing. I need you to pray some sleep in or some REM. If I could just get some REM sleep, that would be a fantastic thing. If I can get some of that, that would be be wonderful. And I would say uh, I'm extremely honored to be a part of Near. extremely honored to be a part of this collaborative and to have been uh, invited in to um, join in what God's doing in the earth. It is my high honor. We love you. We love the team. We love the peeps. Um, I feel like family. And, uh, uh, yeah. Well, I'm glad to hear. I thank you. I know you don't have a whole lot more time, so I thank you for taking a moment out to chat with us today. Looking forward to seeing you in Tulsa because, well, we do, we do know you're the man that brings the stuff. And we thank God for you. Hey, please hug your wife and family for me, and uh, we'll talk soon. God bless. Okay. Bless you. Bye-bye. Well, we did it, Ashley. We got our two guests in, you know, and uh, we have a couple of other things. But so now it's your turn. So talk to us about your comments on our XOR training. XOR training. Uh, kicking off, recapping at the beginning with a crisis-driven praise. I tell you, <laughs> there's a meditative moment in that statement to have to examine your life and see, are you actually always in crises because that's the only thing that drives you to God? You're going to ask a good question. And keep throwing yourself, throwing yourself, because there's got to be a breakdown somewhere, and it's got to be with us. Mm-hmm. For him to constantly rescue, constantly deliver, but it never sticks. Mm. You know, or sticks infrequently or whatever. So having to look at yourself and say, no, why do I... How come I had to give an advisement on that about how it's so easy to keep your life in a state of crisis because it's familiar mm-hmm. and how peace can feel weird. It, and it does. It can feel strange. It's almost like you need to stir something up, get some activity going. You're bored. You're whatever because peace is foreign 
woman, mm-hmm. then well, it's easy to gravitate back toward all those familiar cycles or to invent some new ones because, you know, we get really creative once God's living. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And it's oh, always yeah. that big, bad devil, and it's always this, and it's always that. And it's like, no, no, no. Let's come back here and look at the decisions that we've made. So that was a powerful thing about how that. And that is true. When you listen to a lot of our praise and worship, it's, oppress- it's as oppressive as if we might have been liberated in the flesh, but I don't know we got off plantations yet in the spirit. And how many of these albums are issues-based? <laughs> All issues-based. Human issues. Human Everything. Suffering. And you can't get hardly one good song off of a lot of them that genuinely, like he said, but exalts the Lord in general. Period. Just in general. And when you do, boy, it is on... Repeat, repeat, repeat. We can tell a lot about people by their favorite music. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Oh, I, just, I just can't get with so and so, but that's an amazing worship song. It's an amazing worship. Oh, I don't know. You know, that's not my speed. I like so and so over here. Okay, so that's the culture crafted Christian. There you go. I mean, we have culture crafted worship. Yeah, we do. For sure. And it shows up. So that was uh, powerful. Some of the feedback from today. Oh, we got feedback from my team. I have to read the scope, the scope notes. <laughs> Come on, give me scope is, notes. She is. Bringing us with the truth point again. <laughs> Somebody said, someone else said, my Lord, she has the belt. <laughs> you stepping on toes. Someone said, shot fired, but I'm not ducking. I, I'm not ducking. I'm t- <laughs> I got it. And whenever you, uh, in the portion where you were talking about God's not going to rescue recklessness. Mm-hmm. Also, a very powerful statement. Someone said, this, uh, someone said, Dr. Price, you have me. Wishing I lived in Tulsa. Come on, come on. And someone said, come on, I just was wishing that I just lived <laughs> Come on. Come on out, John. You Plenty of room. We have people moving in all the time. <laughs> and someone said, thanks for your teaching. The church has been walking in ignorance long enough. Mm-hmm. And a lot of these decisions are made by ignorance. You said, you said the sovereign stride of your purpose, talking about getting into that sovereign stride. And I'm a witness. Mm-hmm. I'm a living witness. <laughs> that when you hit that sovereign stride, your life works. Mm-hmm. Now, that does not mean it's easy street no. every day. In fact, it can be quite to the contrary because you are hammering out your destiny in um, 3D. You talk about soul mining. Mm-hmm. And when you're mining, you have to hammer, chisel, have skill, have resilience, have fortitude, have longevity, have all of these things going on to harvest whatever you're mining. Yes. And so once you get in that sovereign stride, yeah, the pressure is probably actually going mm-hmm. to kick up. Exactly. But it's that pressure that's going to push you into destiny and not the kind that's trying to squeeze you out. I know. And that's why we need people like you, and that's why you all need to move to Tulsa. To come come on. on. Come on and quit playing around. Come so, home to Tulsa. And in time with that, <laughs> you said, someone else said, this answers so many questions for me. And uh, we have one of your newer new viewers today said, God brought me to this scope. My God. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. And your statement about, and I will say something for you, Prophet Diaz. I'm going to say this last thing. Allow God to set your life clock and compass. Yes. Yeah. Best decision you could ever make for your life because it has a lot of unknowns, a lot of variables, a lot of surprise. Mm-hmm. But with it comes the options, the rescue, the lifeline, the divine connection. Mm-hmm. Had you not been over on this side trail that you didn't think was anything, you would not have met 
Mr. Door Opener over here. So, yes. so opportunity I was looking for. I can't believe I found you. I know, it's the truth. How many times? How many times have we been in an airport? The layover, storm, whatever. Restaurant, hotel lobby. Can, hotel, no. You know, especially at events. Hotel lobby, boy. I mean, that's a meeting place. And to say, you know, don't do this ordinarily. I'm going to do this because I know God is telling me to do it enough to sit down and rationalize yourself right out of destiny. And you know we do it. Right out of divine moment. And and destiny, you know, can be lost in as simple things as missing divine moments, Mm -hmm. missing divine connections. He needs you to see somebody in Walmart you haven't seen in X amount of years. I mean, it can be something almost that trivial yeah. that turns into a huge something else. Well, you know, destiny moments seem trivial, but understand that destiny, you know, I, I like how you said that, but there are several things that will keep you out. You don't go out. You don't right. like people. I only right. go to these kind of meetings. I only meet these kind of folks. I don't talk to strangers. I'm nervous. I'm this and I'm that. I mean, I'd love to help the saints just really begin to to uh, harness yeah. their destiny by breaking beyond their fears. I mean, fear of everything, because you realize all that devil fear scares you. All right, then you become superstitious. I mean, it's really crazy. It really is. Well, how fear can masquerade itself. Oh, it's self-defense. Self-defense, wisdom, I'm above that. That's, not, that's not the will of God can turn my life. That's mm-hmm. not the call of my life. He didn't call me to do that. He didn't do it. And so, and, but, what are you, but what are you doing? Exactly. But what are, and I want to just insert this, too, uh, for our listeners who are listening on the lines for Blog Talk Radio. Go ahead and press that number one if you want to give a comment. Yes. In the second portion of the show, if you have a prayer request, we have one audio testimonial that we'll hear whenever we shift mm-hmm. the other time, too. Um, just about how over four years this show has changed. Praise God. Uh, our life, well, many lives. We know many, but this is the one that we harnessed for this week. Mm-hmm. And um, go ahead and press that number one so you can get lined up with the opportunity, with the opportunity. Yeah, because the numbers are there. Dr. Price have pray for you. And we want to hear your feedback. I want your feedback. But, you know, Ashley, often we confuse purpose and destiny. Mm. But you realize that you pursue destiny but you fulfill purpose. Well, I realize that now. Okay. <laughs> because we, we treat them as synonyms when one is, the, one is the, the, the way to another. So you pursue destiny, which tells me that's a path and that's a course and that's a direction. You fulfill purpose, which tells me that is a position in which you function. You function in a certain position or capacity or your, or your calling. And so because the word purpose is a very interesting word that we don't pay attention to. All right, come on, lean in. Come on, lean in. Say that one more time. You pursue pursue your destiny. You fulfill your purpose. Mm. So it's this. You know, it's kind of like this. And so this here, your destiny is like a track. It's a track. It's, it's, It's very lateral. But your purpose is linear. Because you're going to, to fulfill that. So it's what's on that track. So your purpose is, has to be on track. Come on. Mm. Do it. I had to. Thank had you. to. Thank and you. help it. Come on, help it. <laughs> I tried to restrain myself. And so you, you, your, desk, your purpose sits on your destiny track because it's a path. Because destiny, the end of your destiny 
destination. And so destiny is in there, you know. And so I want you to think differently. The, the last four letters of the word purpose is pose. Pose for position. So there is an overriding, overarching position that you must take in life to stay on course, stay on the path that God plotted for you to get to the end of the reason he made you. And it goes back to Paul's words in Philippians that that enable you to lay hold of that for which Christ laid hold of you. So we often treat purpose and destiny as synonyms. And because we do, we figure, well, I need to, I need to uh, fulfill my destiny. No, you pursue your destiny. Your destiny is a track. It's a path. You're, it, it, and and it's, it, you, it's a course of life uh, that God has plotted for you. And that course has stops and landscapes and obstacles and trails and all of those things, bushes and clear roads, paved roads, gravel roads, all of those things are there as you travel from point life to point life fulfilled. And then, but in order to do it, you have to be in a certain place. You know, not anything can sit on a train track. We need a train on a train track. We need a, a we cannot have a still vehicle on a highway in the lane. We have to be a certain position and you have to be of a certain structure. So some of you are pursuing a course for which you are not positioned in God for. I'm going to shut up on that because we're going to talk about that later on. And you know, Prophet D is going to love me for that. Ashley, did you want to say something? No, I'll leave that right on her. She's going to love me for that. (laughs) Prophet D. (laughs) (laughs) Well, (laughs) that's good. You said. (laughs) Some of you are. Pursuing a destiny that you've not been positioned by God for. Um, well, Selah, all right? Selah to everybody out there who now we all are thinking about our purpose. <laughs> and we are in the okay. right position for the destiny that we believe we have. No, I thank you for that because on uh, my life advisement tracks, I work with a lot of young people regarding purpose. So this is good for me. I need this. I need it for me, too. I need it for them as well. So I thank you for that. I'm taking it for me. I'm soaking it up. And I'm taking it for them, too. I love how you said today, um, this is something that really impacted me, and I'll just share this, and then we can move forward. So I know we've got callers that really want to get on the line with you. But you said that life shocks you, but it glorifies him. Man, that was really powerful. That changed me a little bit. The whole discussion uh, was so needed today, um, just about, uh, I think a lot of us, Dr. Price, deal with those questions of, God, why and how come this is playing out the way it's playing out? Um, And I think that you you answered that today and gave a lot of perspective that I think can help us with patience, waiting for the promise, um, and understanding how God thinks about things when it comes to delivering his promises to you. So it was very empowering and it was very encouraging today um, to just get those answers for why in the world <laughs> am I waiting on this or, or why is this, you know, not happening the way I, the way I imagined, the way I expected. So I really thank you for that. And that quote was very powerful today. 
Well, I take, and listen, I, I'm excited that you're getting it, and I'm thrilled about it being for the young people. You know, I have a whole teaching on that destiny purpose thing that I think we might want to bring out of the back room and out of the archives because God has been talking to me a lot about it. You know, if you just pursue purpose and ignore your destiny, you're not going to get there. If you just, uh, you know, follow a course of destiny, and most times, if you are not in purpose, you're already on someone else's destiny track because you're not in purpose. You're already on somebody else's course. You know, I want to be on brother so-and-so, pastor, don't, nothing, what, I want that. But you're not positioned. You're talking about when destiny comes a knocking? Yes, that's one of them. When destiny comes a knocking. I would like to elaborate on that. Maybe we'll make that a webinar. Um, but, I, you know, following the way you've been taught how to do it, the way I'm going to say the way the church is popularly instructed on how to do it, actually, they are always so. if God did it for me, he'll do it for you. Okay? Well, I mean, God didn't love me more than he loved you. No, but God loves his plan. And he loves seeing his word come to pass. That thrills him. And so, you know, he loves knowing, hey, did it. Now, got it. You know, God likes that because it all fulfills what he wants. But I'm telling you, some of you all, you're mimicking this one and imitating that one and emulating this. And Paul said, but emulate me as I emulate Christ. One thing about Jesus Christ, the man never got off purpose. Never, ever. I don't care what they did. They, even in discussion, there were conversations. Actually, you know you love this, right? There were conversations Jesus wouldn't have. He had these two guys, Lord, tell this man to, to, to tell my brother to get my inheritance. Jesus was like, uh-uh, no. That's the, we having this battle because of covetousness. Both of y'all covered. And he goes on down the line. There are conversations that he wouldn't have. Some of the conversations you all have are inconsistent with your purpose or they're destabilizing mm. for your purpose. They destabilize it. Mm. I don't know about anybody else, but that's mm. powerful. And some of you all have their conversations I just won't have. You talked about that last week. There are conversations I will not have. If, if a conversation is going to threaten or, or, or fracture my destiny consciousness and my destiny confidence, I'm not doing it. I just won't discuss it with you. And I'm going to go on because I've got to get to where I have to go. And I already know where I have to go. And God has already plotted the course. And he's mapped it out for me. And that's what I love about our assessments. Did you see how we did that? That's exactly what I love about our assessment, because our assessments tie, to tie your purpose to your destiny and then tie your makeup to them both. Let me say that again. Our assessments tie your purpose to your destiny, and then we tie your makeup to them both. How did God build you to do what he called you to do? You are built for a code. Jesus, help me. Okay. You are built for a calling. Does anybody hear what I'm saying today? I don't know. What do you think about throw to death? Throw to death. I want to tell our viewers and listeners, if they go to your site, www.drpaulaaprice.com, and click on the tab that says shop for products, and they go to your e-store, put destiny in the search, mm -hmm. and they will find your audio downloadable and other things that you have tied to destiny Love it. on the e-store. Love it. Okay, did you hear that? So understand, because we, you know, for all of the, the questions and all of the books that we've written about purpose, people still are out of purpose. Love. Love. I mean, we got, we got the word down. We can spell it forward. We can spell it backwards. We can make
program. We can do a little bit of go through. Baby, we can work that word. We still don't have purpose down pat. Why? Because the two are, you're you're doing it in misalignment. And that's what I love about our assessments. I want you to take assessments. Our PAQs are coming back online, and you should watch for them, because I'm telling you, they're coming, we're rolling them out. And then the MAQ, I always encourage everyone to take that MAQ first, because you need to make sure that you should take and invest in another. But I want you to hear me. You, God... Jesus, help me. I made those assessments. I created them based on Moses' um, activities in Exodus 18, where Jethro rebuked him for standing, having the people stand all day long to find out who they are. We talked about that. Go back and listen to our first role play. I think I covered that very thoroughly in our first role play, and Prophet Ashley is going to tell you where that is because you know I can't help you. However, I want you to recognize that the people stood, and it was not problematic for them to stand to learn the things that Moses said, who they are, why they are, who their God is, how their God made them, the work that they are to do, the way they are to live. Those are things that God put in his real prophets for you, and not just to drop a statement, but to give you a plan. Our assessments give you a life plan and a roadmap, two things, life plan and roadmap. We start out with your purpose, what God called you to do, who he called you to be, how he called you to function, and the best group, meaning uh, within and out of the church, that you are to work with. We moved all the way down and concluded on a map. We're destiny. Destiny, remember, it's mapped out. And we map it. We even throw some clock and some compass in there, too. We got a little compass. We have a little clock, calendar. We have quite a bit in that. But I thank God for the wisdom. Put them together for his people because I could not stand in all of your churches. I could not stand and sit in your house. But you know what? You are on that Internet. We have found so many people take them in the middle of the night, in the midnight hour. It's, like, not funny. We come in in the morning. Ding, 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 ding. And you find out who you are. Hard data. I didn't look in your face. You didn't look in my face. But I was able to compose this thing so they told you all that you are in Jesus Christ and what he called you to be. So, hey, if you get through this show today, go online. Go to drpaulaaprice.com and say, take an assessment. But the reason that I can do purpose, oh, come on, somebody. You know, shit, Abel. No. Lord, I'm trying, Prophet Ash. Do you know why I can do this? I can prophesy this because I developed a program that can prophesy it to you. My assessments are the reason we need prophets and apostles as advisors is because they are they roll out of that apostolic prophetic dimension of God. And we can talk to you about who you are and help you get there, help you fulfill your purpose and complete, follow your destiny course, whatever that track is, and we we, we create a track for you. But I can do that because of the dictionary I wrote and the handbook. And what else? Opening my prayer portal. I, I hang out in mine. And God just fills me, floods me with what he wants me to know. 
You know, and I'll tell you something. It's important that you recognize who you are in God, but that the people that you trust with your your purpose and your destiny not uh, are not guessing. We're not guessing, folks. I'm not guessing. And I want you to know it's important as we go forward in the future, things are going to be, I think Ashley just said it's going to be rocky, but you should know that you have a handle on it, and you should know that you can fulfill your reason for being on the planet. Because, you know, the way human, humanity works, but even if something is so hard, you think, oh, my God, this was hard, it's impossible. But when you get the victory, when you have mastered it, you know that hardship doesn't bother you any longer. All of a sudden, the hardship becomes a boast. Sure is. You went from begging to be let off the hook to boasting that you didn't bow out. Isn't that powerful? That's what we want you to do. Well, it's time to get those calls. And, uh, again, thank you for joining me. Go back and listen to this again and again and pass this on because this is rich. All right, we'll see you after some messages. All right, we want to thank you so much for checking out the Paula Price Show today. You've been listening to us via Blog Talk Radio. Our address there is blogtalkradio.com slash Paula Price Show. You can also connect with us online at drpaulaaprice.com. So we want to thank you so much for reaching out to us, listening, if you, especially if you were listening for the very first time. We welcome you to the broadcast. We are, we are pressing you to make this your favorite show on Thursday. Set us up. Save the date in your schedule. We're here every Thursday, 11 o'clock a.m. to 1 o'clock p.m. for the Paula Price Show. You can like Dr. Price on Facebook so that you can be a part of any time she goes live on Facebook Live. So make sure you visit her Facebook page at facebook.com slash Dr. Paula Price and click that like like button there so that you'll always be notified when she's about to go live. If you're not following Dr. Paula Price on Periscope, we invite you to do that. Download the Periscope app. You can also access Periscope via your Twitter app. Dr. Price broadcasts every Tuesday night, every Thursday morning, and every Thursday night on Periscope. So make sure you become a part of our Periscope family so you can always catch when Dr. Paula Price is going to be live. want to let you know about two quick things, and then we want to get to your calls Again, if you haven't pressed number one and you're just joining in us in now on the line but you'd like to talk with Dr. Price, you need to make sure that you press that number one right now so that we can go ahead and try to get to your calls as we move forward in the broadcast today. This weekend, this weekend is Women of Dominion. Our Restoration Weekend is kicking off tomorrow at 3 o'clock p.m., We're going to be at the Southern Hills Crown Plaza in Tulsa. It is a paid registration, so you want to be prepared for that, but we will be taking registrations at the door. We are still doing our buy one for full price, get one for $25. So if you want to bring a friend, then go ahead and split that registration with them. If you split it with them, it just breaks down to about $50 a piece. So we encourage you to be a part of this. It's going to kick off again tomorrow afternoon, 3 o'clock p.m. at the Southern Hills Crown Plaza in Tulsa, Oklahoma. So we expect to see you there ladies, women of God, we will be serving lunch on Saturday. We'll continue on Saturdays, kicking off at 10 a.m. on Saturday, where we will be doing ministry. We'll be serving lunch and just having a powerful time together. So that's going to happen on 
Saturday, kicking off at 10 a.m. You can register at the door, so we will see you there for Women of Dominion Weekend, which starts tomorrow. All right, coming up in June, Tulsa Prophetic Training Institute. We are on the countdown June 21st through the 24th. It is going to be such a powerful time. We very soon will have our full list of speakers and guest ministers, and Dr. Price's entire team will be there, will be teaching. Her prophets will be teaching in the evening. Uh, Prophet Ursula Wright from Florida will be here with us for worship. It's going to be a powerful time, and you do not want to miss out on this June 21st through the 24th here in Tulsa. You can register online at drpaulaaprice.com, drpaulaaprice.com. Early bird ends May 1st. Guys, we are on the countdown to early bird ending. Early bird ends May 1st for the Tulsa Prophetic Training Institute, and um, so that early bird price is $99. So take advantage of that. We also have group prices that do not expire, so if you're bringing a group of five or a group of ten or more, join us. We're going to be there. You can see those group rates online at drpaulaaprice.com. So register, register, register for the Tulsa Prophetic Training Institute. We cannot wait to see you there. All right, I'm going to pass it back to Prophet Ashley so that we can get to your calls. All right, thank you, Prophet Adia. And I also want to let everyone know about that June uh, prophetic event. If you are coming to Tulsa, you want to make sure you reserve your hotel room as soon as possible because um, the room block is almost full. And so you want to... Make sure that you have your space and you have your spot. And we will be right back after this commercial break. Hey, guys, this is Mr. Dia from Saturday Morning Kids. Every Saturday, we post a brand-new episode full of God's power, full of God's word, just for kids ages 8 through 12. Subscribe to us on YouTube under Kingdom 5 Student Ministries. That's Kingdom 5 Student Ministries only on YouTube. Kids, I'm talking to you. We're diving into purpose destiny and God's plan for our lives. So I'll see you every Saturday for Saturday Morning Kids. Hi, my name is Chief Prophet Tala Price, and I want to invite you to join me every Wednesday at 7.30 p.m. Central Standard Time for a riveting and exciting discussion of my favorite book by my favorite author. Yes, Before the Garden, God's Eternal Continuum, written by the one and only Dr. Paula Price. Join us on our weekly journey of studying the history of eternity as it's been revealed through Scripture. Learn your God, learn your world, learn yourself, and even your Savior before time began. We're going to discuss revelationary answers to age-old questions like, how did we get here? Why does our planet exist? Does it have a creator? What was on his mind concerning us? And why did he bring Christ and Christianity into our world? Topics like these and more we'll be discussing every Wednesday at 7.30 p.m. Central Standard Time. You can join us on Facebook Live or by Periscope. For more information, visit www.tallaprice.com. That's www.tallaprice.com. like to take the guesswork out of discovering your calling and purpose by using one simple tool. 
TPM Global Resources Ministry Assessment Questionnaire offers a variety of solutions for all aspects of the ministry spectrum for people just like you who are seeking sound wisdom, direction, and guidance to help you get into your place. The Ministry Assessment Questionnaire is specially designed to identify and assess what God has put in you, whether you are called to a five-fold office or ministry gifting. Going beyond a personality test or gift survey, you'll learn about your strengths and weaknesses, emotional intelligence, ministry readiness and reliability, leadership capability, the right education you need, and so much more. Your Ministry Assessment Questionnaire comes with a 30-minute advisement session to review your assessment with one of our trained advisors, who will walk you through your results and customize the best plan of action for you. To get started now, go to ppmglobalresources.com and fill out your personal profile. Assess. Advise. Apply. Achieve. If God has called you to it, we want to help you do it. Hello, my name is Prophet Dr. Rolf Spears, and I'm the author of Coaching Leadership Families. And I'd like to give you some really good news from Dr. Paula A. Price and PPM Global Resources. They have decided to appoint me as the new family advisor with a focus on encouraging, strengthening, and supporting apostolic, prophetic, and fivefold families in the body of Christ. I am honored to accept this position. And if you have any questions or you want more information or you'd like to schedule a family advisement, please contact Prophet Ashley Clater at 877-419-1299 or email us at admin at ppmglobalresources.com. All right, and welcome back to the Paula Price Show. Fourth year anniversary month celebration, just having a great time, thanking God for what he's done, reflecting on what he's done, and planning for the future. (laughs) How about that, Dr. Price? Amen. I'm there. I am so there, so there. Well, I'm appreciating all that we're doing. It seems like we're getting very active in uh, <laughs> PPM Global Resources and Dr. Paul Price Ministry and NEAR, so I'm thrilled. Make sure, though, parents, make sure you have your kids tune in on Saturday mornings to hear Prophet Adir. I think it's just amazing that we have this prophet who is committed to the youth and committed to children in this generation. I'm thankful to God for that. I love the Wednesday Warriors. I think the Wednesday Warriors powerful. And I am excited about what uh, Dr. Ulf is doing. These are all, I appreciate it if I sound like a stage mom, I meant these are all, these are all my fruits. And as you can see, they're, they're, they're manifesting the vision and doing what God has called us to do. Okay, Prophet Ashley, let's get some calls in there because, you know, I know that they're, they got that finger on that button and I am ready to talk. All right. Well, I am ready to have you talk to somebody. First on the line is Tammy from Georgia, and she is calling for increased knowledge in God's word, wisdom in business, and wisdom to know when and what you speak. Tammy from Georgia, welcome to the Paula Price Show. Hi. How are Hi, you all? Tammy. I'm Hi, doing good. How are you? <laughs> you are excited, aren't you? Yes. Really, I am excited. Oh, gosh. So what's got you so excited? I'm so excited because when I listen to your ministry, you are just 
reconfirming and confirming everything that God has been showing me and telling me. And I've been out here like a voice crying in the wilderness and attacked by everybody that I know when I speak about these things that we've talked about and that you talk about from the worship to the elections to how God desires us to live a way that's pleasing to him and for a reason that we, you know, just everything that you say, I'm just excited. And it's just so refreshing to hear that from a person with your education and your knowledge and your anointing. It just made me feel like I was not out here by myself. Well, that's encouraging. Thank you. I think you've just encouraged you and me. That is so powerful. So tell me, Tammy, what can I do for you today? I just wanted to get some direction on basically having the wisdom of when to say what God has laying on my heart concerning these things. And also I wanted to get prayer for my financial services business because I love educating people about in our community, especially really in the world in general, in the body of Christ, about how they should correctly um, set up their financial picture so they won't have to be begging God for things that are that can be prevented. Knowing how to uh, make sure that you have everything, not being in debt, investing, making the right choices so that we can worship God and not have such a victim mentality even in our worship, and not make those mistakes that cause generational curses of poverty to keep going and going and the church to be at a disadvantage instead of at an advantage, which we are called to be at an advantage. Well, I agree with you on that, so I'm going to pray about that. Let me ask you this. You said when to speak a word. So, Tammy, am I to conclude that you are a prophet or that you are prophetic? Now that I need to take the assessment so I can find out for sure. Yeah, good. You knew we were going, it, didn't you? <laughs> right answer. <laughs> right so answer. I know I need to take the the ministry assessment first to make sure, and then if it if it shows any prophetic inklings or leanings, then to go to the next level. Exactly. You are there, and with that in mind, I would like to say that. Um, when you ask the question about direction, about vision for saying what to say, when and where, um, tell me what, what motivated that question, Timmy. Well, as far as the, the 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 question about what, when and where was basically the ministry side of my you know my life is to when I'm talking to people, I'm always excited about God and I'm excited about what I'm what He's showing me and what I see. And even, i just give you a case in point, this last election, the election before last, ostracized because I was like, nope, that's not what God is showing me. So, of course, I didn't vote black. Sorry, I didn't. I voted what the word of God told me and what he showed me. But, of course, I was almost put out of my house and, you know, literally, like, discussions. Nobody could see what was coming. And if you open those doors that had been that were opened, what the what the fallout would be it was always most like I could see. And, and and another thing is that God has always allowed me to be and see how the occult and the new age and how I run into people that were witches and how I run into people where most Christians don't ever encounter, but they would be in my presence and they would let me know who they were for years. 
So I was always attuned to something is going on bigger than most people see with their natural eye or with their, their mindset. So that's what I was asking for wisdom on when to speak. Because I'm in leadership at my ministry. I don't like, believe me, and I don't. I already know I can't say these things there. So I didn't even assign to go into the ministerial training program because it was not working yeah. to work here. Well, you know, uh, let me just say this to you. Um, the office of the prophet is what it is, and, and, and it's going to do what it does. If you decide to deliver the word of the Lord on something that you know is controversial, then you need to be prepared for pushback. I mean, that's just, I mean, people feel that you you believe strongly what you believe, and people believe strongly what they believe. That's number one. Number two, you need credibility. We have, people are hearing prophets. I mean, think about how many prophets got this election wrong. And these okay. are renowned I mean, we're talking about renowned prophets on global shows who are decreeing and declaring what they hope would be. So people are hearing prophets say a lot of things. And no matter what, how we slice it, credibility takes the time it takes. It takes trial and error. It takes practice. It takes gaining esteem. It takes being credible and having somebody vouch for you. So if you're going to operate as an independent, and so many people do, then, yeah, you're going to be exposed to a lot. And there's nobody to back you. Nobody to say, yeah, well, you know, I got a, I have a lot of words that she gave, and, and they really all came to pass, or I have a, a, a classroom or whatever of things that, that have happened. And so you need to connect. You need to take the assessment. You would benefit well from having a, a – uh, a prophetic training track that is specific to you because you are in the financial arena and you're in political. So that needs to show up, but you need that track. But you also need credibility. People are afraid of prophets today. They are afraid because, my goodness, I mean, you look at what we just lived. And then, and then on top of that, the history of the office and all of the other, you know, negatives that are tied to it. So it's a tough field to be in, and it's not for the weak, and it's not for the weak will. You've got to know that you know that this is God, this is the word of God, and it's going to go. Now, as, uh, as far as our people, you know, our, our folks can't, our, our race, it cannot do much without its color. And I say as a group, that's not holistic, that is not 100%, but the majority of the people in our race start with color, end with color, and then after that they color in the color because that's just all they know. They are, you know, they, not a lot of them are educated enough to want to even, or motivated to be educated enough to explore anything but the, but the black experience. So it's, it's just what we face. And until God steps in and raises up someone who like, wants to open that up a little bit more, yeah, we're going to be stuck there. The black experience drives black people, period. Whether we like to admit it or not, that's what it is. We're driven by it. And so the, my concern about that personally as, as a woman, uh, an African-American woman, is that it, it blocks honesty, it blocks truth, it blocks justice, it blocks everything because it's just a picture. It's an image. It's all image-based. That's what we do. If you decide that you're going to step out and take that on, that's a strong print. You need to have some backing. You need to have some credibility. You need to know you're right, and you need to know why you're right. And you need to know that God is with you. So I'm going to say this. The wisdom that you need, what to say, when to say, is based on three things. Number one, did God, tell you, did God say it? Number two, did God tell you to say it? And number three, are you ready for the pushback of saying it? Does that, does that help you? Yes, ma'am. 
Because, yes, you know, God. we all, it's wonderful to get a word from God, like Tammy, in your prayer closet. It sounds so good, you know, because God's a sugar, you know. In that prayer closet, I mean, it's just wonderful. You got the lights, camera, you got Jesus showing off, him, all his warmth, etc. unless if he's really ticked off, he's really ticked off, then that's something else. That's a whole different experience. But for the most part, you get him in your prayer closet, but you, in your prayer closet, it's from God to you. In the world, it's from God through you. And you mm-hmm. are what they see. They see you. And people want to know, who are you? You know, and what, I mean, who are you to say? And how can you tell me this isn't God? And, and, and on and on and on it goes. So my my question is, prophetic education is, is not only about learning how to prophesy or even learning the word of the Lord. There's a certain um, domain of, a, of, of emotional strength and fortitude, uh, psychological power and muscle that you get from it that uh, enables you to deal with that pushback because you know. And so, um, you know, you, you're moving in a lot of circles, and you don't have a way to even filter. Education filters out error, okay? And so you don't have yes, a lot ma'am. of filters to help you. So, you know, you're running, you know, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm meeting with, I run up on the witches, I run up on this, I run up on the that, but you don't have a, a, anything but your technique. So you are exposing yourself to a lot of, of uh vulnerabilities, and a lot of susceptibility where you can pick up things you don't know if you're saying from God or not or if God is telling you to say it. Because when you're a new prophet, you will get a lot of words from God, and, and if you write them down, that enemy is going to want you to give that word in the wrong season, wrong session, and the wrong time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Amen. And then, and then later on you find out from God, well, I didn't tell you to say that. I told you to wait. Well, God, what did you, you should have spoke like You know, <laughs> God, why did you to say something? Why you shut my mouth? Why you blew my mouth? You could have done a lot of things. But God wants you to know that he's the God of the still, small voice. And yeah. when, it, when it's a whole lot of yelling, I usually don't do it because I feel like mm-hmm. if he's the God of the still, small voice, I'm not going to deal with that. And I don't, I don't want to deal with um, the push. And you need to know the difference between the pushing of the world and the pushing of the devil and your flesh and the unction of the Holy Ghost. Yes, ma'am. And all of that is training. So I think I've made my case for what? Training. Did I not make yes, my ma'am. case? I yes, sure ma'am. did. And I'm going to pray about your business um, as we pray about you doing it. So you are going to take the assessment and you yes, are ma'am. going to training if you're serious about being useful to God and also contributing to his credibility instead of his discredit. Yes, ma'am. Amen. God, we thank you. Jesus, you're amazing, and we praise you. We thank you today for Tammy. God, I thank you for every young prophet, every prophet you have coming up. God, I thank you for them, their boldness, their zeal, their enthusiasm. And I'm asking that you would put upon them the desire, the eagerness, Father, the eagerness to learn and to be good at what they do, to be competent, to be able to to stand in this position and to declare your word and to interact with your public responsibly and credibly. I'm asking that you would do that for her and every other prophet and prophetic voice you have out there. I'm asking that you begin to to chide us for being errant and chide us for being incompetent or unprepared. And, Lord, drive us to want to do it right for you. 
Secondly, God, I'm asking you to bless her business. Bless it, God, by your spirit. Lord, remove the obstacles out of the way. And even show her ways that she can improve. Release to her, God, your innovation and your your strategy for making it work, God. And make her make her fully not just capable but knowledgeable enough to, to address the issues and the solutions right on down to those that cause people to resist what she presents. I'm asking you to walk with her in this, God, to minister to her and even to use her prophetic faculties to hone her skills and to give her that edge that she needs to prosper in this thing for you. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Dr. Price. Thank you so much. Thank you. God bless you. Bye-bye. God bless you, too. Bye-bye. Prophet Ashley. All right. Uh, Love that statement. Education filters out error. Okay. Just had to recap on that moment. (laughs) Okay. We have Dominique from South Carolina who is on the line, and she has a job opportunity at work. Should she take it? What should she do? Dominique, welcome to the Paul Price Show. Hey, Prophet Ashley. How about the Price? Hey, Dominique. How have you been? (laughs) I've been doing pretty good. Thank you. I, you know what? I love your uh, ministry, Dr. Price. I'm always amazed at how as soon as you start teaching, it answers all my thoughts and the things that I just think about and pray about when, you know, when nobody but me and God is around, especially about destiny, because um, that's been on my mind all week long. I was, um, we have a lot of changes going on here at work, and I thought to myself, well, if a job comes open in a certain department, I would apply for it because I felt like it would help me do the thing that I want to do long-term in my career. And today the job came open. And I am a little nervous about applying for it because, you know, when I finished one of my first degrees, I felt like, well, because I finished my degree and I knew it was God wanted me to go to school for that thing that the doors just should have automatically opened and I should have just been able to go right into to a lot of places, a lot of positions, and it didn't happen that it, it didn't happen that way at all. And so at this point, I think I, I, I'm learning, well, I want to not move in frustration. I, I'm over the frustration side of it. I just want to be sure that I'm moving in faith um, to even put myself out here for this position. Well, um, first of all, uh is the position going to do what you planned? For example, you said that you you were interested in this position because it would contribute to your your purpose in life and long term, whether you stayed in it for three months or three years. That's pretty much the thought that you've conveyed. Is that true? Yes, ma'am. Okay, so it, it, it has value. You can see the value in it. Yes, ma'am. Is that right? Okay. Now, Ken, do you feel like you can do the job well? Yes, I really do feel like I can do the job well. Um, uh, It's just a comfort thing as far as um, I've been in the position I've been as long as I've been with the company. Um, I like my supervisor. (laughs) I just don't know what it would be like going to work for somebody else who I don't know all that well. and I like the flexibility I have in, in this position, and I know I will be starting 
it'd be like starting over like a novice and doing something new, but I know I have the capability to do it. So, you know, it'd be taking a baby step back, but it would be helping me to get to where I want to long term. Um, okay. Put my degree and so, everything. Mm-hmm. Okay, so let's let's explore that because you've answered your own question. Um, you said that you like your supervisor, you like the convenience, the familiarity of where your surroundings, you like the flexibility that you have because of your longevity. You like all of those things that are for your emotions. Right. Okay, so. The question becomes, are you looking to pursue your emotional comfort or your professional goal? My professional goal. So then you go on, you will apply for this because you realize it's it's going to help you professionally and not keep you comfortable. You want comfort, you know, go to a resort, have some breaks. But if you want to make things happen in life, then you're going to have to step out of the comfort zone. Everybody Everybody, I don't care who they are and I don't care what they're called to do, if you're going to pursue purpose and destiny, if you're going to get in your place, you are going to have to leave comfort and you're going to have to leave familiar. I always like the word familiar because familiar is the word, you know, has the stem of the word family. You're going to have to leave the things that are comfortable to you for the things that are more profitable or most profitable to you. So there's Mm -hmm. always that conflict. Dominique, between comfortable and profitable, and you always have to decide which is a priority, and if that's a priority that you want to live with for 20 days, 30 days, three years, five years, what? Yes, ma'am. I understand. So right. Okay, I, so I, I you want to. I do. I want to make the leap. <laughs> okay, because let me tell you something. Your question, I'm so glad that you called in today with that question because when I'm developing people for promotion and and, and leaders enough, I can tell you if you want to know the answer to that question, ask 20 people who are 60 and over, who are, I mean, literally, ask them, and they will all tell you about the time that they chose comfort over profit and that at the later years, it hurts. Mm. There are people who passed up management positions, passed up management opportunities, passed it up because, well, I've got to be home for dinner. Well, I don't want to be working all day long. I don't want to do that. There are people who passed up jobs that would give them raises to get out of debt and chose to stay in debt. There are a whole lot of things. And when you're young, Dominique, those are some easy decisions to make, and nobody really cares. But it, Like you just pointed out, but if that decision is tied to your destiny and you pass it up, you may not get another one. You're looking at a senior year on minimum wage and or minimum fixed income, and you can't do anything about it because then now you're too old. People make a lot of decisions for comfort, and I'm not a fan of making decisions for comfort because life is long and short. Life is long, but your career life is short, and you have a short window to decree how your latter years are going to be. And I'm not just speaking to you. I think I'm speaking to somebody else who is entertaining a promotion, and you've been asked, 
several times. This thing has come back at you a couple of times. And so you're like, yeah, but you see, I, I, my, my family this and my husband that and whatever. I can't even tell you how many people didn't take a promotion because of their husbands or their wives and they divorced today, okay? Because you've got to do these things prophetically or at least you've got to do them insightfully. And so there are that, or, or, or now that your kids are gone, you got dip. Your kids don't even want to come home for the holidays. And you're like, I gave my, I poured out my life and I passed up this and I passed up that. Somebody out there listen to me today. You're an artist, and you're passing up your art skill. You will not sketch. You won't paint. You do you do a combination of um of a sketching and painting. And I'm looking at your artwork right now, and you're struggling with I don't know if I should do this or not. Well, you know it's going to take time with my family. Trust me, kids are as adaptable as they need to be. People have to tell children they should be miserable. That's where they hear that with the classrooms or whatever. But I want to tell you this. You raise your children, you have, what, 12, 18 years? What do you do with the rest of your time, okay? And what, if, what about the windows that God will open for you while you're young? So let me say this. I, I will tell every parent, and I especially tell mothers, you can listen to that preacher talk all day long, but when you're an old woman sitting out by the side of the road and nobody wants to come visit you and you want to talk about all your woulda, coulda, shouldas, nobody's going to want to listen because life happens. Kids go on at their job. Uh, marriages make it. Sometimes they don't. That's their job. Spouses die, whatever. That's their job. You cannot make a present decision that is going to decree and determine your later years because you'll be alone. And you'll be alone in some little one-room something or other, the little old lady or the little old guy that people are talking about. So your decision has got to be determining what you will do the rest of your life. Even if your money, even if your money gets crazy, like some people, it did happen to them. Some of your money got crazy, and you got caught up in this or that, but you know what? They couldn't take your skill, and they couldn't take the expertise. They couldn't take the knowledge, and they couldn't take that experience, and that's invaluable, and you can always draw on that again. So I would tell you, I, I can't even tell. I travel to church. The church has more poor, older people than anybody I can see. And you know why? Because they use spiritual reasons and, and really carnally spiritual reasons to make a, a, a lifelong decision. So if you're pursuing your career, Dominique, then you need your career. It's not just about getting your kids through college. And it's not just about getting your house or whatever now. It's also about how you're going to live your life as an older person. Amen. And that and that crossed my mind. I thought about the fact that my son's going to leave to go to school in four years. and I mean, he's just starting high school, but... I, you know, I, I considered if I have to take a pay cut to go to another department, I really don't want to take a pay cut and, you know, all of those things. Um, but I just want to make sure that I'm in faith for this move and, and that this and, and not just in my feelings, like you say, and, and pray for um, cooperation and corroboration, um, like you was talking about, yeah, for this move for me. Also. Let me talk to you a little bit about your, 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 your pay cut. If your pay cut is part of this career move because it's a career path that you already know will end up being more in the end, listen, life is interesting. There are tons and tons of ways, if you're diligent and energetic enough, to make up a pay adjustment. 
There are so many other ways to do it. There are things in your house, things you can sell. There are skills you have. There are online things you can do. You don't have to look at it as if it's some sort of a, 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 a fate, fatal decision. I'm just, well, I'll just do it and, and, and whatever. You can plan. We don't have to let life keep happening to us the way it wants. You can plan. You can say, okay, I'm going to lose you know, 40 bucks a week, I'm saying theoretically, you know what I'm talking about, but I'm going to lose 40 bucks a week, so that's like $120 a month. I need to find something else to do for that's going to net me, you know, that extra money. You just do it. I mean, people do it all the time. So don't be afraid of mastering your challenges. Amen. You can do that. And I'm and, and, and have a talk with your kids. Kids are, are very smart today, especially at high schoolers, and just sit down and your son will probably give you similar advice from his own level as I have. Well, Mom, I'm going to be going to school in four years, and then what you're going to do? And, and, and you know what, the, what no, do you know what they're not saying? I'm going to go on and live my life, and then you're going to be on your own. So you need to think about you. <laughs> right. Hey, out of the mouths of babes and sucklings. So I'm going to pray for you to do that. Dominique, I want you to go ahead and don't make, if your need, if your goal in life is to profit and to be secure, then you know the decision to make. If your goal in life is to feel comfortable until you don't have to work anymore, that's another kind of decision. Yes, ma'am. Father God, we thank you. I thank you for Dominique. I thank you for her life. I thank you for what she's doing. And all of the people who are listening to me today and who have had an opportunity to hear this counsel, I thank you for their lives. I thank you for their courage to make decisions that don't just, that are not just time-bound or moment-bound or opportunity-bound, but that their decisions are, are in, uh, in concert or in, in compatibility with what you ordained us to do today and to become as we get older. I thank you for that, Father, in Jesus' name. As she goes after it, Lord, if this is your will for her, then, Lord, get her in it, get her in it quickly, and, Lord, cause her to prosper and thrive in it. And when she steps in it, let her see your hand in the matter and then steer her in the directions that she needs to go and the actions that she must take to fulfill the reason you put her on the planet, brought her into your family, saved her soul, and will receive her into glory. I thank you for doing it, Father. And as she does this, bless her children, bless her household, cause them all to thrive and prosper because of being in the will of God in, the, in every sense of the word. Amen and amen. Thank you. Amen. Ooh, thank you, Dr. Price. I appreciate it. You're welcome. God bless. God bless. God bless. All right, Dr. Price. Our, actually, our next caller, well, I guess this is perfect timing. They just dropped off the line. However, we do have that testimonial. It's only about two minutes, and then how about after that? You can close us out. Amen. First and foremost, let me say happy four-year anniversary to the Paula Price Show, to Dr. Price herself and her staff. The Paula Price Show it's such an amazing, amazing show. It's a labor of love that she does. And I can really testify on how the Paula Price Show changed my life. I'm a very curious individual, so when I found out found out about the Prophet's Handbook, I did some research and found out that uh, 
Dr. Paula Price had a radio show. So, in my curiosity, I decided to call in. Um, and, you know, and my mindset was like, hey, if she can write a book on the Prophet's Handbook and she can write a dictionary, surely she must know what's going on in my life. So I called in, and Dr. Price just slayed me uh, from the word that she gave me about my future in God, how deeply prophetic that I am, and how God's really going to just change my life. So I can really say the Paula Price show changed the course of my life, and I am just eternally grateful and thankful for her wisdom, for her for her labor of love, just for her dedication to the body of Christ, for really wanting the best out of God's people. And because of the Paula Price show is the reason why I am on the course in my life right now in God and connecting with her prophets and really getting the best, getting the best and doing the best for God. So once again, I am eternally grateful for you guys. It's been a wonderful, wonderful four year journey. And I am just looking for many, many years down the road of more excellence. Talk to you guys soon. See you in June. All right. And that is Lovey. Uh, he didn't say his name. I was surprised he didn't say his name. That is Lovey Clements. And he has been Dr. Price. I remember the first time he called in and <laughs> you did play him. <laughs> Lovey is my precious son, I tell you. And he has. I remember we talked about him being in computers. We talked about him being where he was going to church and, and all of the things that he was doing. And uh, and he's right. He is in purpose and destiny. And we talked about him being very prophetic. Um, and I remember him because, um, not because I'm all that good in memory, although mine is pretty 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 good, but because we, we still mentor him. I mean, he's still yeah. one of our most avid learners. He's one of your clients, as a matter of fact. And... Um, and I just think that's amazing watching him grow. What are your thoughts as an advisor from where you first um, received him as a client to where he is today? I would say we are on the verge of night and day. <laughs> um, and, and what I like about the process is it takes the time it takes. It has certainly taken probably every bit of the four years for major transformations starting in the soul. And mm. we work inside out. And that's soul work. I'm going to go back to 3D. I teach it. I, literally half of my student load is on 3D. That I count it. That's no exaggeration. And some are doing a <laughs> dual track. They're doing a dual track of uh, we offer a special rate if they do both at the same time. Maybe some people didn't know that. And so I offer my clients a special rate and, and do both. But working on that soul really does take time and he has stuck with the program and has gone from being through the life advisement cycles now to um, the prophetic training and you know what those those uh, years have had setbacks they've had advancements they've had devastations and victories and successes in the process he has seemed to also manage to earn two master's degrees on top of working <laughs> with us and being on staff in the church he serves in, in his state. 
And um, I would say that he is a, a, a certainly a living testimony of if you stick to the process, just stick to the process, you will see the results that you are uh, going for or that have been prophesied to you. Dominique made a very profound statement about how many people think, well, God gave me the word. I was just waiting for it to happen, Unfortunately, and, and that's not how it happens, and that isn't how it happens. And so Lovey is a representation of many of our clients, Dr. Spears uh, as well, and his testimony will be cycling through over these next weeks of sticking with the plan with your assigned advisor, your assigned prophet or apostle, along with all of the other things that we offer, tuning into your show every single week, every show you have now, without fail, whether it's on your lunch break, in your car, on your way somewhere, people binge watching the Paula Price Show episodes. It's a full service. We offer the full service. And if you stick to the full package plan, you will see the results sooner than later. You know, thank you for sharing that. I think that's a powerful thing. Um, it's very powerful. And, and, and part of actually my motive at while in this last few minutes that we have, part of my motive for doing this had to do with not having the training and development program available that I needed for my calling at the time I awakened as a prophet. I looked for stuff. I read books. And since I, since I was fairly and a fairly avid reader and pretty quick, I would I'd blow through that stuff, and I would say, but, but that's still not helping me here. And I would read it, and I'd blow, and it's still not helping me here. And the one thing that, that, that struck out for me, that stuck out rather for me most of all, was that the, most of those writings were devotional, and they were very personal. They were not objective, and I needed an objective, detached work that would develop me in this office or develop me as a prophet, even if I wasn't Joe Blow down the road or if I wasn't just a so-and-so who's global, I just wanted to know how God made prophets into who they are. If you want something that's objective and not just testimonials or devotionals or, or, or personal experiences, then you should be a part of this. Most of my people will tell you, our trainees will tell you, my work has very little personal anything in it because I deal with making you the product. The Lord Jesus said, go get a product, go make me a product, and then how he uses that product is, is his business. Now, I'm not against testimonials or devotionals. Please don't hear that. But if you're trying to be professionally trained, it is, you know, it's nice that this other worldwide renowned surgeon, you know, did all of these things and gave you all of these tips. But you know what? You still need the basics and you still need a consistent basics to let you know that you are on track. So if you're interested in that, please go to drpaulaprice.com and say, I'm going to start with an assessment. If you've already had an assessment and you were offered a track and you weren't sure you should do it, go back and say, hey, I want that track. Schedule an appointment with your advisor. There is not just a hope in this thing. There's not just a future in this thing. There is a practice in this thing. Well, it's time to go. Eight o'clock tonight, Prophetic Ed, we love you dearly. Thank you for joining us. I'm welcoming all of the women who are coming in town for the Women's Restoration Weekend. And for the rest of you, make sure you have a powerful Resurrection Sunday celebration. God bless you, and see you tonight. Thank you for tuning in to the Paula Price Show. Become a financial supporter today by visiting www.drpaulaaprice.com and click on Show a Seed. Donate today.